Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Friday, September 24th. 2021 coming at you live from the hockey night new york studios on long island another spectacular show coming up for you tonight here at hockey night in new york andrew gross from newsday will be joining us my name is sean cuthbert with me as always is christian arnold of nyi hockey now christian how are you well thanks for that free plug shawnee i appreciate that you got it pal i mean you got to remind everybody your publication where you're putting all your your hard work in now that the boys are back and at training camp. I believe you had a moment or two to, to check it out uh, since they started up. Yeah, I think uh, I think you heard correctly. Well, how about that? <laughs> We're going to get into that, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in at twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. And of course, later on, on your favorite podcast providers, want to remind everybody that we are presented by RJ Daniels, located at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center. It is the best place to catch the aisles when you can't be at the game. Head down for great food, awesome drink specials, and plenty of HD TVs and in-game sound when you check out the Islanders. Also happy to be sponsored by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, an official partner of the New York Islanders and the greatest deli out there. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com for their fantastic offerings. And of course, proud to be sponsored by Thai Technology, a voice over IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. If you're tired of dealing with long hold times and the impersonal services of companies like Spectrum, Optimum, and Verizon, give Thai Technology a call at 516 856 Seven eight zero zero for three free months of service. So Christian, so Sean, training camp is officially here. Yes, it is. Zach Parise, Zdeno Chara, Richard Panic, not Thomas Panic. No, we're gonna keep that guy. Have have officially Panic. hit the ice in Islander blue and orange. <laughs> we're starting. Are we this, sure, it wasn't Thomas Panic. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty pretty sure. But All even right. though he's no longer with us. <laughs> <laughs> but we're starting to see some combinations, line combinations, D pairings uh, from Barry and his staff. Obviously, it's still very early, but exciting times because skates are on the ice. So what do you say, CA? Well, plenty of intrigue at the first couple of intrigue. days of tra- yes. training camp. Obviously, everyone has seen that Zdeno Char has been paired up with Noah Dobson for the first two days. A lot of chatter about that. Well, as, as there should be for, yes. for in, in this instance, um, there was some interesting combinations on day one with uh, Atoli uh, Goloshev. That's right. Atoli Goloshev, yeah. if I say his name correctly, sure. the second time around. You got it. Pairing with uh, Matt, Matt, uh, Matt Bowersal and Anders Lee. Uh, Toma, no, <laughs> Richard Ponick. Almost did it that time. Richard Ponick, uh, yep, that's his name, playing with the fourth line in Cal Clutterbuck and Casey Zizekas as yes. Matt Martin is is re- recovering from uh, surgery in the off season and an injury he suffered during the postseason last year. So some interesting things, obviously lines and combinations that are aren't going to stay uh, up front in the, in the forward lines. The Noah Dobson Zdeno Char pairing is quite an interesting one because it seems like that's the one that's going to stick out of training camp at least out of the gate. 
Yes, Barry being very blunt and saying, yeah, this is, this is something I want to try. Everything else is probably just throwing things at the wall to kind of see what yeah. sticks. See, I mean, Barry, what's great about him, he's just so forthcoming about everything. Like, he's, in a lot of ways, he's the opposite of Lou sometimes. <laughs> like, he doesn't mind telling you his rhyme or reason or, or why he's doing one thing or the other. The fact that he went so far as to cite the fact that Char was a bit of a mentor for some of his part, younger partners over in Boston, like Carlo and McAvoy. Mentioned Tori Krug. And it, it all makes right. sense. I mean, the, what, what Zidane Chara can do for the career of Noah Dobson, aside from obviously... What we talked about last week, too, I think, which was the idea of do you really want, um, you know, two slower guys uh, paired together, whether that's whether that's, um, you know, whether that's, you know, looking at Zidane Char and a Scott Mayfield, whether that's pairing um, green green with Zidane Ochara. You're getting one of them. Right. Um, But again, I think Andy Green has a little bit more foot speed Mm -hmm. despite his age. And I think, as you saw last year, he was able to kind of bail out Noah Dobson at certain points. Zidane Chara is a tremendous leader. And, and as Barry Trotz correctly pointed out, what he was able to do for the development of, of Charlie, Charlie McAvoy, Long Island native Charlie McAvoy, yes. Tory Krug, other defensemen that he's been paired with, is without question a big reason why, or part of the reason why, the Islanders wanted to bring Zidane Chara in uh, on this one-year deal, why they wanted to have him playing with Noah Dobson, and why really... Not to say that Noah Dobson was attached to the hip of Zidane Char the first two days of training camp, but they were certainly, um, when one was somewhere, you could easily spot the other, not only for the well, fact that Zidane Char is ginormous. What's really funny is, I, once you were done, I was going to use that cliche, and I was like, it seems like Zidane Char and Dobson have been a little bit attached at the hip since they started. Because it's funny, looking on Twitter, like yeah. I've seen a lot of people who've been covering camp kind of pointing out, I know Joe, Joe Pantorno actually did a couple of times showing how Dobson and Char were sitting together on the bench mm-hmm. and they were they were chatting even in between drills and stuff like that, which is great. You want to see Dobson under the tutelage of a guy like Zdeno Shara because he's a pretty good defenseman. Probably going to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> pretty <laughs> yeah. safe to say. Right. So future Hall of Famer right there. Then. Yeah. So that's great. That's great. And and look, we said it last week, you can do a lot worse than a 44-year-old Zidane Chara <laughs> back there, yeah. even though at 44, it's pretty amazing what, what he's able to I do. I mean, at 44, I hope I'm in as good a shape as Zidane Chara is when I'm, in, when I'm 44. You're close, yeah. So as long as you just keep doing what you're <laughs> yeah. doing, you'll be fine. Yeah. Depends who you ask. Right. Depends who you ask. But no, you're right. I mean, Zidane Chara, again, the biggest thing that the Islanders are going to get at is Zidane Chara. Um, is that leadership aspect, is that ability to mentor not only a Noah Dobson, but he certainly brings a lot to the table for even an, um, an Adam Pellick or a Ryan Pulak. These are established guys that at this point are the Islanders' best defensive pair, but there is still something that they can learn from a guy who has a Stanley Cup ring, two, what was it, two or three Stanley Cup finals appearances in, mm-hmm. in his career, um, you know, I think over a thousand games in the NHL under mm-hmm. his belt. Yeah. So uh, there is something that everyone on that blue line can kind of learn from, even though a lot of them at this point have, have veteran experience, have played a lot of games, have played in a lot of big situations. Um, there is so much they can learn from a Zidane Char that no, that's, it's just it's just immeasurable. That's a great point. It's not just going to be whoever he's paired up with. His experience, his knowledge, his personality, his leadership is going to spill out not only into the rest of the defensemen there, but really into the to the locker room and the team as a whole, which we touched on as well last last week. That look. Yeah, sure. We we would love him to be a decade younger. It's still thirty four, which is <laughs> wild. Still thirty four, but. You're still getting something great out of Zidane Chara, and we also said previously that 
You could do a lot worse. And because this team is so win by committee and they kind of pick each other up, that they're probably going to do a decent job making up for what he might have lacked in foot speed when you compare him to Nick Letty. And as we also touched on, Noah Dobson probably will get, I would say, significantly more minutes than he did in seasons previous because he's going to kind of take over that role now of the guy who's going to be carrying the puck a little bit more. I mean, look, obviously, Pollock and Pellick are going to be out there a lot too, but you know, you want to have you want to have another guy who's going to be able to carry the puck a little bit, and I think just by default, that means Noah Dobson is going to be relied upon a lot this year. The other thing, the other interesting thing too, was the fact that on on day one, when Barry Trotz was talking about this idea and this mentorship that he had in mind when when Zdeno Chara first arrived here, mm-hmm. is the fact that he can easily see Chara also playing with Scott Mayfield at a certain point. Uh, you know, during the course of the season, season playing with Ryan Pulak at, the, at a certain point in the season. So I don't necessarily know if it's going to be exclusive to Zidane Chara only playing with Noah Dobson. There certainly sounds like that that possibility or that prospect of Chara playing at different parts of the roster or different scenarios where he's going to be paired up with Pulak. He's going to be paired up with the Mayfield. So that's not out of the question either. So it certainly lends to what I was saying before as well of, him bringing that experience to every facet of the defense because it seems like Barry Trotz isn't going to be afraid to play him in different scenarios with different deep defensive partners. Yeah, and that in a in a way also comes down to success. Usually yeah. you see coaches, they stick with what's winning, what's successful. And if you're not finding success, that's usually when you see things get mixed up. If, they, if they're rattling off four or five wins in a row, they're, they're probably not going to change too much. But if they're, you know, hitting, a, hitting a, a bad streak, then, yeah, they'll probably tinker and move some things around. And we're also going to see who ends up being that spare defenseman. Is Gustafson going to have enough to right. stick around and be a seventh defenseman? And, and again, we, we chatted a little bit about that, too, last week. Is, is Chara going to be an 82-game guy if he's healthy? Or... Are they, are they going to pick spots? And they, they say, oh, okay, we have this team coming up. They have a little more speed. We'll get Gustafson, Gustafson or whomever in there just to get a different look, whatever the case may be. That's, that's what I'm you know, most curious about, I think, or at least very curious about when it comes to you know, Barry's strategy, when it comes to how he's going to handle this defense and, and just see how different it's going to be now that you have a very significant change from Nick Letty to Zidane Chara, and just see how that affects everybody's minutes throughout the lineup. If, if like last week we talked about maybe getting a little more top-heavy right. heavy with Pelican Pullock and how that's going to filter through the rest. So, I mean, there's still a lot of questions to be answered, as, as minor as they may be compared to what you typically ask for, you know, during a training camp. But still, I mean, you know, we got to see how this all goes. And, and then we also have the similar situation with the forwards. We, we finally got to see Richard Panic. In, uh, in Islander Colors, and we'll see if he's going to have a shot to be maybe an extra forward on this team. Like we said before, we know that we pretty much know who the top 12 are going to be. Right. So, and Zach Parise is going to be one of those guys. He's wearing 11, Mel Armenia, <laughs> as we <laughs> talked about previously. And Charles keeping his 33, and I think Panic was wearing 16, right, while he was out there? Yes. So if you're interested in player numbers, that's what we're looking at so far. And you got Roddy is here. Raddy, Roddy. I'm still not sure on the correct too Raddy. Yeah, Atu Ratty. Ratty. Yeah. It is Ratty. Yeah. So he's there. We know that he's going back to Europe afterwards, but it's nice to see him there. It'll be interesting to see just how many minutes he gets from Barry during the preseason games. And uh, I'd love to get a look at him, you know, playing against at least some NHL players. Yeah, I think there's there there are is a lot of intrigue. Just to go back to um, the defensive side as well, I think one of the interesting things to watch this season is for the first time in a, in about two seasons, two years really, 
the the NHL is going to play a full 82 game schedule theoretically anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. What will be interesting obviously is the the playing time that Zdeno Chara got last year. I think he averaged somewhere around 18, 18 and change. 18 yeah. and change. Mm-hmm. I think it was about 18 16 mm-hmm. uh, of average ice time. Now that was sustained over a 56 game schedule plus the playoffs that that Boston played in. Mm-hmm. It, my intrigue and my curiosity at this point is how sustainable is that now at 44 over a 82 game schedule, not just with Zdeno Chara, but with Andy Green. How does Zach Scott Parise. Mayfield get back into that? Zach Parisi get back into that? How do you see those guys getting those minutes, and how are those minutes handed out in a way that doesn't overextend certain players who are, you know, towards uh, the end of their career and. Uh, may need to have their minutes monitored a little bit more carefully than other players. And and right. really, I think it's a great question for everybody on that roster because, again, they haven't played a full 82-game schedule in the last two seasons. How yeah. tough is that going to be to get back into that rhythm after doing, what was it, 64 they and played? not only the number of games, Christian, but mm-hmm. even the travel. Yeah. They haven't traveled outside of the Northeast. Yep. They've been there for a very long time. <laughs> uh, last minus season. the playoffs, yeah. Right. Right. That I was mean, the first time when they played Tampa. That was the first time they ventured outside of the Northeast Corridor since. Right. Edmonton, uh, Toronto, yeah. and Tampa were the furthest cities they've gone yep. in two years. Yeah. So, you know, you're going to have all that road stuff in the, in the way, too. But we're going to cut this off because we've got a break for Andrew. So, folks, I want to thank you all for tuning in to twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY here at Hockey Night in New York. We're going to take that break. When we come back, Andrew Gross of Newsday will join us. It's a new Islander season, and you've got a great spot to catch all the action. R.J. Daniels American Barn Grill in Rockville Center. Inside the bar or the heated outdoor patio, you won't miss any of the excitement on their wall-to-wall big-screen TVs and in-game sound. Enjoy it all with delicious food, drinks, and plenty of specials in a lively atmosphere staffed by the friendliest folks around. R.J. Daniels is in the heart of Rockville Center at 279A Sunrise Highway, just steps from the train station. So come on down. Watch the boys in blue and orange continue their quest for Lord Stanley with your fellow Islander diehards. And when the game's not on, stop by for a great meal and a great time seven days a week. Hang for the late night bar scene or book a party or catering for any occasion. Call 516-536-6258 to make reservations and go to rjdaniels.com to check out the menu. R.J. Daniels American Bar and Grill. Your home for New York Islanders hockey. Customer service is the backbone of any great business, and reliable telecommunication is essential to keeping your client base happy. Introducing Thai Technology, a low-cost, flexible internet phone service founded on the idea that every customer deserves exceptional service while providing simple setup and management and easy integration to clients across the country. Thai Technology will not only create a custom solution tailored to your specific needs, but will partner with you to provide a competitive edge to you and your clients. And if you need support, you won't be routed to an automated call center in another country you'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account so islander fans if your business is looking for a change from companies like spectrum verizon or optimum thai technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages just call 516-856-7800 that's 516-856-7800 or visit them on the web at thaitechnology.com that's thai t-i-e technology.com thai technology the right choice for your internet phone service Hope you enjoyed the ads. Now let's get back to Hockey Night in New York with Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. 
Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to Hockey Night in New York, presented by RJ Daniels. And it is time for On the Line, presented by Thai Technology. And on the line with us right now, none other than Newsday's own Mr. Andrew Gross. Andrew, how are you, sir? Sean, Christian, how are you guys? It's great to talk to you. I was, I was thinking about this since we, we trade off appearances on each other's uh, <laughs> podcasts and shows. I would be wearing the white away jersey tonight, right? You're wearing the blue home sweaters? Yes, 100%. Even though the viewers can very clearly see that I'm wearing gray and <laughs> Christian's wearing gray. But yes, we are wearing the home sweaters. We will, we will take for... We'll take your word that you're wearing the white, but yes, it is a pleasure to have you back on the show. Training camp is here. It's time to talk Islander hockey once again, and before we get into your camp impressions, I think there was a little bit of a letdown for for folks such as yourself in the media that it looks like you're not going to have as much access as we thought from the start, huh? Uh, no. Uh, the Islanders are the only one of the 32 teams that has opted to at least start out going virtual only, only via Zoom, no in-person contacts. And uh, I, I, I think I've said my piece on this. It's it's disappointing only in the bigger picture because I certainly understand, you know, the need for health and safety. But within the bigger picture of the Islanders being an outlier in this, um, it is, uh, it, yeah, it's not the best situation. And, and again, no one no one cares about, you know, media situations. They just want to read the finished product. Project, uh, product. So that's why it's, you know, this is a, a sports writer whining moment. But, you know. <laughs> we wanted to give you a platform. <laughs> yeah. You know, 31 of 32 teams are going to have some kind of in-person access. Um, doesn't seem like the dressing rooms are going to be open around the league, but that's fine if teams are bringing players out. Right. And, uh, you know, you, you see the Devils and the Rangers and the other New York team, the Sabres, all with varying degrees of in-person. And then, you know, the other night you see uh, uh, the Boston Bruins very cleverly came up with a, uh, uh, you know, they filmed some of their players welcoming the media back into the room and talking about how much they missed them over the past, huh. you know, 18 months. Now, obviously Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron, there was a little bit of sarcasm or at least they, <laughs> they had some comedic sarcasm in their voice. Yeah. But the fact that the Bruins at least recognized the situation and took the time to do that, I, I thought was a really nice gesture uh, and, and a little bit of fun. And yeah, no, I mean, it's, I would think it would be disappointing for the Islander fans because the yeah. Islander fans are not going to have the type of access that the media used to be allowed to uh, have. And again, you know, I, I don't want to come down too hard on the Islanders. You know, I, I, we've had discussions with Lou Lamarillo about this. He explained his position and look, the Islanders, the league is allowing them to do it. Basically the league punted, on media policy and said it would be up to each team. Well, right. the Islanders took it to the extreme, you know? So again, you know, I, I, I don't want to get into a spitting match with the Islanders <laughs> right. over it because right. I, I do need to cover them all season. I do need to yes. have good relations, uh, you know, to, to get the kind of access or whatever level it is. But yeah, you know, I, and I was thinking about, 
why I have such a vis- visceral, like, angry reaction to it. And I think selfishly, it was because I was going to get part of my life back. Right. You know, I- I'm used to being on the road. I'm used to being around the players. I'm used to having that kind of personal relationship with them. And, you know, we've all we've all had stuff taken away during COVID during the pandemic and during, during the last two seasons. And for me, it was, you know, the freedom to, to, to have that in-person access with some relationships. So I think just selfishly when I find out that, you know, that the Islanders are going to do it this way selfishly. And, you know, I, I feel like I was almost back to normal. Uh, You know, the road was going to feel, kind of close to normal and and in in a second it was taken all away and, and you know if i'm playing dime store psychologist that's why i'm like you know spitting into the wind and yelling at anyone around me these days <laughs> well andrew gross from newsday here on the line with us brought to you by tie technology andrew as far as some of the on ice musings go with training camp the, the one of the big stories out of the first couple of days was that noah dobson Zdeno Chara pairing that we saw that Barry Trotz talked about on on Thursday after the first day of on-ice activities. It certainly seems like while we often caution not to read too much into what goes on in the first couple days as far as pairings and lines go uh, of training camp, it certainly seems like this is one that's going to stick there once we get to to Caroline and that October 14th season opener. Yeah, and I think Barry Trotz made a good point when he put it into perspective. He talked about you know, you look at the Boston Bruins and and Z had such a great run in Boston, you know, 14 seasons as the team's captain, a Stanley Cup up there. Um, but one of the other aspects of Z's tenure in Boston was the development of young defensemen. And you can specifically look at Long Island's own Charlie McAvoy. And you can also look at Tory Krug and, you know, the, the, the big contract that, that Tory wound up getting. Yeah. And you know what? Z certainly, I, I'm pretty sure he was paired with both of them at, at some point. But, you know, Z took both of them under his big wings, that big wings <laughs> fan of his, and, and really mentored these young defensemen. And boy, you know, Charlie McAvoy and Tory Kruger, you know, two of the better defensemen in this league, right? And, and right. some would argue that Charlie McAvoy is probably a top, you know, and certainly top five in the league in terms of, you know, how good he is. And look, you got a, a young guy in, in Noah Dobson and nothing against Andy Green, who's been partnered with uh, with with Noah. But I, I think Barry and the staff just see an opportunity here for Noah to be mentored in the same way that Charlie McAvoy and Tory Krug were. And, you know, and, and to take noah's game to another level which you know would be the natural progression anyway as he gets into being a third year pro but zdeno certainly can kickstart that effort i think yeah no doubt about it andrew and it's funny with this late in the game signing of zdeno char it's almost as if his his returning and coming full circle with the islanders has overshadowed the parisi story a little bit right him coming back and you know, putting on his father's jersey and stuff like that. What have you seen? I know it's still early, but what have you seen out of Parise, his energy in training camp, and and just, um, you know, how it looks like he's going to pan out with this, with this team and how he's gelling with the guys so far? It looks like he's already uh, talked a little bit about, you know, getting uh, paired up with Pajot and how that might work out. Maybe you can talk on that a little bit. 
Yeah, yeah, no, and I'm writing about that for uh, Saturday's uh, Newsday. Uh, well, it's good to know I, what I got to try and beat you to tomorrow, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you, I, I, I have some Pajot comments on that, so you're not going to get that. <laughs> um, nice. But, yeah, no, I, I think Parisi, you know, it, it, it's kind of fool's, a fool's errand to make any sort of determinations first two days of training camp. Right, right. Um, but... That being said, Zach looks like what Zach does, which is he gets in on the forecheck pretty hard. He gets around the crease and he gives his center options, you know, and uh, talking about Zach and and you heard Zach talk today and, and, and talking to uh, Pajot about it. The two of them are really jazzed up about the idea of potentially playing together and they really think their games can mesh together just because they share a lot of similar traits uh, you know in terms of uh a tenacious forecheck and, and also at this point in their careers also understanding very well the other end of it you know the play away from the puck and and this notion of get the puck back as quickly as possible so you can get back into the offensive zone and you know talking to people about Zach I don't know how much he will ever say it but I, I think he's coming to this camp with a real chip to uh to to show the wild that they did not make the correct call. And not only in buying out the last four seasons of that $98 million deal, which, which really becomes more of a financial decision than a, a player evaluation. Certainly there's player evaluation that goes into it. Sure. But, you know, I, I think Zach is more ticked off about the fact that he was a healthy scratch so much last season. He wasn't getting, you know, power play one time that he was taken off the top line he wasn't getting those minutes that his role became so diminished in in minnesota i think that's given him a real chip and uh i guess it was last week i was talking to mike rupp for a spot on uh on my podcast island ice and rupper was saying and and obviously he was zach's teammate when zach was a young player with the new right. jersey devils right. And, and one of the, the things Rupper sees as, as a real positive this season is he thinks Zach will certainly get any, you know, will we'll have an understanding of any role that the coaching staff puts him in. If, if it's a third line role, if it's a role where he's only getting eight to 10 minutes a game or even mm -hmm. six to eight minutes a game, mm -hmm. Zach is going to understand that. And what Rupper was saying was he couldn't, he couldn't stomach it in Minnesota because the team was not winning and he didn't see options on the, on the roster that potentially could play better than him. And, and he comes to the Islanders and this is a team off back-to-back -back trips to the NHL final four that look for all intents and purposes, this is Stanley cup or bust for this franchise this season. You know, I mean, that's got to be the mentality after coming so close the last two seasons. And Rupper was saying Parisi will do whatever it takes to fit into this culture just because he knows the team has such a good chance of winning. So uh, for all those reasons, I, I think Zach will fit in very nicely. I think he's going to play very nicely with with Pajot and, and, and maybe even Palmieri on that line. We, we have yet to see who might be the, on the other side. Right. 
and and also who might be on the other side of Anders Lee and Matthew Barzell, whether that might be a Kyle Palmieri or an Oliver Wallstrom. But either way, Parisi is going to be playing with two very talented players. And you would think either Pajot or, you know, certainly Pajot, I would think at this point. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's either probably going to be Palmieri or Wallstrom. And right. you can't go wrong either way. <laughs> Talking with Andrew Gross here on the line, brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology. Of course, Andrew from Newsday and the hosts of the Island Ice podcast, which you can listen to on all podcasting platforms after you listen to us and watch us on <laughs> right. Twitch. I want right. to make that abundantly clear um, <laughs> while we plug his podcast. You must listen to ours before you listen to his. Andrew, with with that in mind, with what you were just talking about with Parisi and Pajot, obviously the likely duo on that third line. The question is naturally who is playing that third line, and obviously that impacts who's playing on that top line. Again, as you pointed out, we didn't see Kyle Palmieri or Wallstrom on that top line with Matthew Barzal and, and Anders Lee during the first couple days of camp. Uh, Goloshev actually got a chance there that first day to play alongside the two of them. When it comes down to Wallstrom and, and Palmieri, though, where do you see those two kind of falling into place with the lineup come that October 14th season opener? Well, here's the thing. I mean, I'll answer the question and I'll try and project as a, as if I'm thinking like Barry Trotz. But uh, if history has shown anything, anytime I try and think like Barry <laughs> Trotz, Barry Trotz does the opposite. It's like I'm the George Costanza for Barry Trotz. You know, <laughs> I mean, he just does the opposite. But if, if it's me, right, um, and everyone's healthy, I probably start Kyle Palmieri. Uh, up with with uh, Matthew Barzell. Barzell and Anders Lee, just just based on that glimpse we saw in the playoffs mm-hmm. of how effective Palmieri and Barzell can be together, and yeah. you got to figure, you know, with with Anders Lee instead of Leo Komarov on the left wing there, that that's even more potent. And, and also, I think that gives Oliver Wallstrom a chance to ease into the season. Uh, without, you know, those, uh, that, that hyped expectation of, oh, you know, top line right wing Oliver Wallstrom, you know, he's mm-hmm. got to produce yeah. immediately. Uh, and, and certainly I think Oliver can play up there. It's going to be a matter of, you know, cause that line's going to get more minutes than, than, than Wally would if he, he's on, you know, a, a third line, certainly. So it, it's, if, if the coaching staff trusts Wally enough defensively uh, to have him out there against other teams' top lines on a consistent basis. And for those reasons, I would think that Palmieri might get the first crack up there. And also remember, and I almost hate throwing this out, because I think Oliver Wallstrom should be an absolute gimme uh, for the top 12 amongst yes. the forwards, certainly yes. amongst the top nine. But if you're looking at the business side of it in a cap world, Wally's the one guy that can send down to Bridgeport without exposing him to waivers. I mean, almost anyone else on this uh, amongst the forwards you're exposing to uh, waivers. Now, would would Lou and Barry do that? I'm not 100% sure, and I would tend to think, or I would like to hope that Wally starts the regular season uh, in the starting lineup because the Islanders 
could certainly benefit from an Oliver Wallstrom in their lineup, you know, on a consistent basis. But but the fact that Wally doesn't need waivers is just something you need to to, to file away in the back of your mind as yeah. you get closer to the end of camp. And certainly there's going to be some heated battles, you know, for those final roster spots, those bubble spots. And I think, you know, Golishev is certainly, and, and he's getting some you know, looks, like you said, with Barzell. And I thought it was a really good explanation from Barry today as to some of his pairs. I mean, you know, it's not necessarily he's looking to lock stuff in, but he's right. he's looking to see what he has in some guys in case of. You know, right. what, what, what happens if, if Kyle or, or Wallstrom are hurt right. and, and you need a right wing for, for that top line? Can Golishev? fill that role you know yeah. is he is he good enough defensively i thought it was a great explanation by barry uh regarding that so you know if you talk about bubble forwards the islanders are are, are fill full up with guys on that on that bubble to make the the final roster i would think goshev is there you know you got to include leo Komarov. you got ross johnson michael dalcal is back in camp Kiefer bellows is in uh, Richard Panic is here. I, I, I'm sure I'm forgetting some, but the, the, the point is they may only carry 13 forwards if, if you know, they decide for a 13-game road trip to start the season, they want to start with eight defensemen right. just to make sure they have that depth. So it, it's going to be some really intense competition for that for that last forward role. So. Uh, that's why I say you got to keep that in the back of your mind that Wallstrom is the one guy who can go down without waivers. Andrew, you, you mentioned the depth and, and obviously talking about the forwards, but one of the one players that, that a lot of people had their eye on coming into camp on Thursday was Eric Gustafson and where he might fit into this, into this lineup, to this roster with the Islanders bringing him in on a tryout contract from the first two days of camp. What have you seen out of Gustafson and, I mean, obviously, it's still very early, but is this someone that could be that seventh, eighth defenseman that the Islanders utilize, especially with him being one of the left-handed defensemen and the two, you know, bottom four defensemen that they have, uh, the left-handed defensemen that they have, I should say, and Andy Green and, Z- and Ochara needing to probably have their minutes a little bit managed during the course of the year? Yeah, no, I, I sort of entered camp thinking that Gustafson sort of had the inside track to being that that seventh D-man, you know, if you figure Chara is number six and you got, you know, Pellick, Pulak, uh, Green, Mayfield, and Dobson, and then you throw Chara in there, I think that's a pretty solid top six. But I, I think they like uh, Gustafson's, uh, you know, experience, played in the playoffs last year for the Canadians, although yeah, Dano Chara is a minutes eater, right? right. And, and Eric Gustafson is the exact opposite. I think he was averaging what was it, 10 minutes a game for the Canadians in the playoffs, something like that. Um, he's not out there a lot, but I, I think he would fill that seventh D-man's role really nicely. I mean, before they went out and got him, I would have told you probably Thomas Hickey mm-hmm. might be the leader mm-hmm. in the clubhouse for that. And, you know, Barry was was talking up uh, uh, Sebastian Ajo a little bit today, and, you know, that's a guy that they've been intrigued by, but Whenever he's been up, they certainly haven't broken their back to to get him into the lineup in any way, right? So you gotta 
question what the what the organization really thinks about him. And uh, as for the, you know, the the younger prospects, I guess you're you're looking really at a, a Samuel Bulldog and a and a Robin Sallow, and I, I would think both of them probably are going to take some more time at Bridgeport in the AHL before being given their first NHL opportunities. And, and of course, Bullduck hasn't skated the first two days because of soreness. Um, the, the other guy that uh, Barry brought up on his own uh, is, is a right shooting defenseman, Grant Hutton. Hmm. Um, and, you know, he's 26 and he's played in Bridgeport basically you know, two plus seasons after coming out of Miami of Ohio. And I sort of get the sense that the organization really likes him. He's a bigger guy, six foot three. Although on this team now, you know, everything's relative. <laughs> it's average. <right? laughs> it's average size. <laughs> it, it, it was hysterical today. And I tweeted this out and I'm sorry I couldn't get a picture of it. But Zdeno Chara walked by the, the glass with the with the second group as the first group was on the ice. Uh, the whole group walks by and Zdeno and Matt Martin are walking together. And, and of course, they're, you know, longtime frenemies. Right. Um, <laughs> but they're, they're chatting happily like, you know, they've, they've eaten dinner at each other's houses for the <laughs> last two decades. And, and they're walking along. And I'm like, oh, my God. God, because Matt Martin is a big dude. If you've ever stood next to him, he's a big dude. And he, well, I could make a Christian Arnold joke here. I'm not going (laughs) to. No, please, please, Andrew, please. That's a rarity on this show. (laughs) Uh, All right. He looks like you. (laughs) Nice. Thanks, Andrew. So, (laughs) Andrew, you, you talk about Gustafson potentially having the inside track to be the seventh defenseman. Do you see anything similar with Richard Panic with the forwards? Do you think maybe that's a part of the reason why they brought him over in the Nick Letty trade as a guy who can be maybe their new utility man as a 13th or 14th forward? Maybe he's kind of got an inside track to, to stick with the roster by the time all said and done with training camp? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and one other extra forward I forgot to mention, you know, talk about burly people, but Ross Johnson is still in the mix also. Yes. Mm. But, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I sort of feel like uh, they, they do like Richard Panic's experience, and and he's certainly in on a cheap deal with uh, Detroit holding on to half his salary in that Nick Letty deal. And, and right. I always, you know, I, I feel like there's a little bit of uh, duplication having both Leo Komarov and Richard Panic on the same roster. Mm. Um, and I, I, I just... I'm just wondering if if you've got panic, you know, and I know how much uh, the, the the brass loves Uncle Leo, right? And I know how much like the, the teammates love Uncle Leo, but you do get some more cap flexibility if you're able to move his $3 million salary. And I'm just wondering before we get to the the regular season opener whether Lou tries to make a deal that way mm. um to see if anyone wants the final season on Leo's deal and then you still have Richard Panic on your on your roster so and I, I I've been thinking about that I, I I tend to think that I mean there's they just love Uncle Leo right yes. so I, I would tend <laughs> to do. think for the chemistry because they're so big on chemistry that they would keep Uncle Leo at all costs. But, uh, you know, in, in case you do move him, I, I think you do get 
certainly some of what he brings. And, uh, you know, if Matt Martin can't start the season, and let's face it, you know, the way they're talking about him, it it's, doesn't seem like it's 100% that he's going to be ready when when the, when the puck drops on October 14th. So now you're looking for a left wing on that on that Casey Sezikis Cal Clutterbuck line and the way they're using Panic in training camp is leading me to believe that maybe Panic is on that left left wing uh, with Sezikis and Clutter to start the season. Talking with Andrew Gross from Newsday, also the host of the Island Ice podcast here on the line, brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology. And Andrew, I would be remiss if I didn't take the opportunity to ask you this. Shawnee was a little confused earlier. Uh, we were talking about Zdeno Charles. It happens. Before the show. Well, I was going to say, I am the last person to look for for help. When someone else is confused, I don't know where he's going with this, so I'm, I'm yeah, curious I'm to see what's this, happening right I'm springing now. this on Sean. I, I guarantee you I will muddle the situation further, but go ahead. Sean was, we were talking about Zidane Char and how tall he was, and Sean, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty now sure I know where this is going. misremembered how tall you are, because he, he looked at me, he's, oh, he's probably only a couple inches taller than, than Andrew, right? And I'm, and I'm looking at him like he's joking. And he's like, he's like, no, Andrew's tall, right? I said, no, Andrew's not tall. But in the moment, I'm kind of blanking, even though I literally saw you yesterday, how tall you are. So are, are you tall, Andrew? That's my question. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not I mean... I, I, I'm, I'm taller than my dad was. I mean, <laughs> That's not a good frame of reference for us. Yeah. <laughs> no, Dano Char is six foot nine. Um, Matt Martin is six foot three. And as I just said, he, he dwarfed Matt Martin. No, I am at my peak. I got to five foot, 11 inches and three quarters. And, and oh, okay. one of the, one of the biggest disappointments really in my life those stats. I, I could not make it to six feet. I always wanted to get to <laughs> six feet. I, I wound up a quarter inch short and now, you know, spinal compression. I'm sure I'm back down, you know, in the five ten range at this point. Oh, and he's take cracking jokes at my expense about his height. Also on a on a more serious note, Andrew, our friend of friend of everybody, Donald Rosner is, is in our Twitch chat right now. Yes, and he, he wanted is. me to ask you um, because we have you on, because I mean, obviously, I'm one of the biggest proponents of this happening. Mm. Um, he wanted yeah. to make sure uh, if you accept a sloppy Joe as the agro sandwich <laughs> at Blue Line Deli. Oh, oh my God! Yeah, you know, I felt really bad because <laughs> my plan today was to actually stop in at Blue Line because I had to go out to the Newsday office in Melville um, after you know to. Long story short, I needed to go from the practice rink to Melville. And I'm like, this is perfect. It's lunchtime. I'm going to stop <laughs> off at Blue Line. I'm going to say hi to everyone. And then I'm going to go to the office. And th because of the COVID panic, uh, pandemic, and not to bore everyone, but I had to fill out an online form saying <laughs> oh, no. that, you know, yes, I'm, 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 I'm well. I'm not sick. So I get confirmation to, to enter the Newsday office, and then I get confirmation of that, and then I'm told that this is only good for an hour. You have to, <laughs> and, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, it, 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 you get approved, but somehow in that hour, maybe you catch COVID. So it, it's no good after an hour. I'm like, 
you know what? If I go to Blue Line Deli, I know I'm going to sit around. I'm going to chat. I'll probably eat there. Probably would have spent a full hour there alone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, no, tell Donald a sloppy Joe, you know, yeah, make make it a a gross sloppy Joe (laughs) or something like that. We are making sand- Blue Line Sandwiches live on the air here on Hockey Night New York with Andrew Gross. I mean, I've been lobbying this for months and months and months. I know. Yes, the, you have. For my when, own amusement. When I, I walked walked into Blue Line this summer, um, when I was doing a story, they had the New York Riptide out right. there. And by the way, I'm looking forward to being back in the Coliseum, hopefully in December, to see some indoor, indoor lacrosse. But, there you go. So I walked. I, I walk into a blue line, and, and the first thing Donnie says to me is, boy, you got a big advocate in Christian. It's huh? <laughs> <laughs> true. He's really pumping it up for you there. Jeez. Yeah. Well, yeah. Andrew, now is the part of the show where we ask you the random question, but I feel like we've already thrown like two or three at you. But I guess, you no, know, no, for posterity, no, we'll, we'll do one more. So yeah, I'm no, Please, have at it. So here we go. It's, I'm going to give it to you this time. I think Christian gave it to you last time. Yeah. My turn. So <laughs> I was going to say Christian is very good at giving it to me every, every time I see him at the rink. This is, this is actually all right. This is a little more of a softball question. <laughs> but look, you've been, you've been covering sports for a long time, whether it's been the Islanders, Rangers, Devils. You've been in the mix for a long time. So What, what we're saying is you're old. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying the man has experience covering teams, covering hockey. Experience. So it's a code word. Wow. <laughs> so see, he's not even asking the question. He's still giving it to you. So Andrew, my question yes. for you, my random question for you is: If you could have covered any team from any sport from any era, who would that have been? Wow. Any team from any sport. In any era. Yeah, like the 96 and, Yankees or, you know, whomever. Whomever. It, 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 well, <laughs> yes, I'm old. I actually covered the 96 Yankees. Well, Thank there you, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, are you talking, and I hate to uh, just bog down a, a, a softball question like this, but <laughs> when you say I could cover any team in any era, Yes. Are we talking? Should I be taking into account how the media was treated in that era? <laughs> wow, definitely didn't think that much about the question. I, I looked right. at it from the lens of man, it would have been great to sit down with Mickey Mantle, or man, it would have been great to sit down with Wayne Gretzky when he was an Oiler, you know, something like that. Yeah, no, no, exactly. I, I'm just saying, like, you know, like covering the Jets. In 1969, at the Super Bowl, you you know where Joe Namath gave that famous quote. No, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> he was at the hotel pool. He was sitting in a lounge chair at the hotel pool, and the reporters could just hang out at the hotel pool with Joe Namath. So I, what, what I'm saying is, like, times have clearly gotcha. changed. Sure, yeah. In term, I, I, and, but, but taking all that into account, I, I, I do have an answer for you. Excellent. And maybe <laughs> this is a... It, it, this is going to come out come out homerish, but I am jealous of the reporters who got to be around the Islanders. Uh, you know, from from seventy five right through even the end of Al's second tenure in ninety three. Wow! Um, but 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 specifically, probably that you know, I, I would say that that 
that run starting in 75 to 83, uh, you know, and, and even to be there through 84 when they, when they lost the cup, just to be there through that whole run. Yeah. Uh, you know, just that that's hockey at its best, you know, and, and it's hockey at its highest and lowest forms. Cause you got that, you know, the, the horrible loss to the, the Maple Leafs in 78, you, you're watching a, a dynasty grow underneath you and then you're seeing it bloom and then you're seeing it, you know, finally, come to its conclusion and just having gotten to know those guys now um i can't imagine how much fun it would have been to be around them as players and also because back then the players socialized with the media i would have seen them away from the rink i would have had dinner with these guys you know i i I, I would have, you know, I would have called them friends. I, 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 I would have called them lifelong friends, you know. So I, I, I would say that if I could cover any any team, any era, it would be the Islanders from 75 to 84. Well, Andrew, that was a fantastic answer. <laughs> I'm glad I asked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you asked, too. And, yeah, uh, I mean, of course, I mean, you know, I probably couldn't have gone out to the bars with those guys because <laughs> that would have been when I was, what, ages 8 to about, you know, <laughs> right. 18. So it would have been a little bit tough. <laughs> sure. Still great yeah. stuff nonetheless. But, but Andrew, it is always an absolute pleasure to have you on the show here. Great, great stuff. And- Go ahead. And absolutely, we're going to have to switch jerseys. I'm going to have yes. to put on my blue jersey and get you guys to wear the white jersey, and we'll have you back on Isle of Nice soon. We are ready when you are, Andrew. Thank you so much for joining us. Yep. Remember, folks, you can follow him on Twitter at A Gross Newsday. You can catch him at Newsday, and you can catch him hosting the Island Ice podcast. Andrew, thank you so much. We will definitely be talking to you soon. Sean, Christian, all the best. Thanks so much for having me. Great talking to you. You got it, brother. Take you care. too, oh, Andrew. And, uh, yes. and, and uh, best to Donnie, too. Tell him uh, all the love. Absolutely. Andrew, uh, I do want to point out. Oh. I do want to do, before we let you go, this just snapped into my mind. And I know I'm, I'm breaking protocol a little bit here because we haven't announced this yet, but we are doing a live show from RJ Daniels on October 30th with a Halloween theme. That's right. Costume party. Yes. Before the, the uh, afternoon Predators. extravaganza between yes. the Islanders and National. A- Andrew, if you want to come out and hang yeah. at RJ Daniels that day, you know, you got well, an invite I, to come I, down. Uh, that sounds great. I will say <laughs> one thing. I, I will. I will certainly. I will certainly get on the show if you want me. I'm, that, the, the Islanders are in Nashville that day. Yes. So, yes. so if I am traveling with the team, and this goes back to the start, one of the things that you know you got to consider when they go all Zoom is: is it worth traveling with this team? Right. So, so I may be in Nashville that day. Okay. If I'm not, Sounds like if I'm not. not, if I'm not, a bunch of college buddies are are having a, a big reunion weekend in Syracuse, oh. and <laughs> he's tied up. So he's tied up. <laughs> I will. I I will say this. I will call into the show, and <laughs> you can guarantee that whether I'm in Nashville or Syracuse, you'll I will be in a be costume. In, uh, yes. uh, no, I'll be in, on a Halloween weekend, <laughs> Nashville or Syracuse, with my college buddies. I will be, to use a euphemism, in very high spirit. So. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Well, we'll have you one way or the other. Uh, sorry, Christian, put you on the spot there. Oh, no, no. That was my plan all <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. My, my whole life has been 
you know, is about being put on a spot. So no worries. Love it. Well, Andrew, again, absolute pleasure. We'll be talking to you soon. Take care. Enjoy the rest of your night. All right, bud. All right. You too, guys. Be well. Stay healthy. You too. Take care. All right, folks, that was the great Andrew Gross of Newsday and the Island Ice <laughs> podcast I couldn't on On the Line. I actually had that planned from the beginning. There Brought was no, to you there was by no Spar Technology. Oh, really? Yeah, there you was had no that in the back of your mind. I, I thought yeah, of that job on the car ride from my wow. home to the studio today. Right. By the way, guys, just so if you didn't understand, we are doing, this is official now, our first live show in partnership in our new partnership with yes. rj daniels october yes. 30th the islanders play the nashville predators that afternoon we'll be doing a live pre-game show from rj daniels costumes halloween theme a lot of fun a lot of things still in the works that yes. we can't announce just yet details. yes but it will be an absolute blast and if you do come which we expect a lot of you to show up you are encouraged almost mandatory but we won't use that <laughs> Almost word. Almost mandatory. To wear a costume. I'm pretty sure Sean and I are, are going to be doing the same thing. But yeah, we gotta, we're going to figure it out. You have to come out. and see. Yeah, we're going to figure it out. I wouldn't say it's mandatory. We certainly don't want to deter you guys from coming down. But, yes, we have a viewing party in the works for that game on the Saturday afternoon against the Nashville Predators. Again, still working out details, but we'll probably have a, a costume, best costume prize, stuff like that. We're going to have a lot of fun. For you guys who have come out to the events, you know, we like to have a good time yeah. and plenty of prizes, raffles, all that good stuff. So that will definitely be going on. And that's going to be something we're going to be doing regularly with RJ Daniels, probably once a month. I believe we, we mentioned that the first show we came back. Mm -hmm. But just to remind you guys, look out for hopefully one viewing party per month, probably on the weekend. And again, we will have more details. But yes, book it. It's happening Saturday, October 30th. The Halloween Hockey Night in New York, RJ Daniels extravaganza. Yeah. will probably go live around 1230 because I believe puck drop is at 2. But again, we'll update you on that because we got, what, four shows between now and then at least? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, don't worry. Time. The details will be rolling out, but it's going to be a great time. There'll be food specials, drink specials, all that good stuff. And, of course, the wonderful hospitality from the staff over at RJ Daniels. So, yes, more details to come. You might say that's on tap, Christian. Yes. You might say. And now it's time for What's on Tap. Brought to you by R.J. Daniels, American Bar and Grill. I really That's... hope you didn't pay the guy from Bar Rescue too much to do that voiceover. Why? He don't think he did a good job? No, no, he did. I just <laughs> hope he didn't blow through our entire budget on that. No, 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 we're good. We, we, we can still afford socks and stuff like that, so we'll be all right. We'll be fine. We can still keep our feet warm in the winter and stuff. Okay. Yeah, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Let's check and see if you were wearing socks. I'm not. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't know that, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're, we live in a new world here. It's 2021. It's all waste up. doesn't matter what's going on downtown. doesn't matter. Oh, that sounds... <laughs> you okay? Is there, this it? Is this, there, is there this is, off the rails? If no. only we still had Manscaped, there, there would be a joke to be made there. Yeah, or we're going to segue to be in. made. Ah, well. Well, unfortunately. Good thing we're on top of this four months later. That's right. But anyway, it's time for What's on Tap, brought to you by our great friends over at RJ Daniels. So Christian... We finally got some games, yes. even though they don't count. But we finally have some games to talk about, and that starts with Sunday against the New York Strangers at Madison Square Garden. I think that's a 6 p.m. start on Sunday. 7 p.m. game, New York. Like I said, a 7 p.m. start. And the New York Rangers, their first matchup of the preseason, the first uh, test that we'll see uh, of what 
the the roster that the Islanders do ice that night will be comprised of. It doesn't sound like Anders Lee is going to play much early on in the preseason, so right. I would scratch him out of these games that are on tap, starting with the New York <laughs> Ranger game. Uh, they play the Philadelphia Flyers in Philadelphia on Tuesday. I would assume that Anders Lee is not going to play in that one. And then they also play a preseason game in Bridgeport next Saturday against the New Jersey Devils. That is a 2 o'clock start, just in case anyone was wondering and wanted to go there. 2 o'clock at um, West Webster Bank Arena in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Those three are the first games that we'll see of the preseason. Those three are the, be the first real tests that we'll get a chance to see Islander players in and fans that aren't able to go to the game. MSG broad, MSG Plus will broadcast tomorrow uh, Sunday's Sunday, game okay. at Madison Square Garden on MSG Plus. I'm not sure if it's going to be the Islander crew or it's going to be the Ranger crew. probably going to be the Ranger crew. But it will be broadcast knows, time, nonetheless. Times change, maybe. But it's probably going to be the Rangers. It's probably going to be the Rangers. Yeah, I would assume. I would. I would imagine. Uh, it won't be both. Yeah, they they won't do that for the preseason. Do we know about the other games? Are they going to be telecast? Probably not. Uh, it's not preseason the, games. Yeah, um, maybe the Devil game because it's two. The MSG. Devil. The Devil game on Thursday, October seventh, is going to be broadcast on MSG Plus. Okay. Uh, and then the Islander Ranger game, October 9th at Webster Bank Arena. That's a Saturday at seven p.m. That will be also broadcast on MSG Plus. The MSG Networks actually just released their television schedules for the Rangers, Islanders, and Devils. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Very good. Okay. So look, we got some games coming up. We'll probably. See some more interesting line combinations and defensive combos. I mean, I'm really intrigued with this first this first preseason game because, it, like mm-hmm. I said, it's really going to be the first in-game test we're going to see of this lineup, and I have to imagine it's going to be a little bit of mixing and matching. It's going to be some of those interesting line combinations that yeah. we've seen through the first couple of days of camp, and that's exciting. Understandably, that's not the lines we're going to see come October 14th. Right. But I think the fun of it all, the fun and what you try and take out of these preseason games, because they can be a bit monotonous too as well. Sure. But I think there's overall an excitement just to kind of have some normalcy back. I yes. think what you take away from these first couple preseason games is what those guys that are on the bubble, the players that Andrew mentioned, the Ross Johnstons, the Goloshevs, the... Um, you know, the the Michael Dow Coles, what are they going to do with these opportunities when they get the chance to play in-game action? Because right. for those guys, this is their one of their only ta- chances to really prove to the coaching staff that they, if they're not going to be in the lineup because I think that, that the 12 forwards that we're going to yeah. see all season are, are pretty much set in stone, or at least to start the season. But who are going to be those extra forwards? This is their first true test. This is their chance to really make a mark. And while um, there are certain guys I think you can kind of – Go all right. They're going to play their hearts out, and they're going to they're going to give a good push, but they're not going to be there. There are a couple guys on the bubble um, that I think are going to be really interesting to watch. I think, interestingly enough, it'll be you know one of those guys is going to be a Leo Komarov. Um, yeah. One of those guys is going to be a Ross Johnston. One of those guys, obviously Thomas Pan- uh, Thomas Panic. I did it again. Son of a gun, <laughs> Richard Panic. Love it. Might as well just officially on Hockey Night New York. If he if he sticks with the team on this Panic. show, he's just going to be Thomas Panic. Richard Panic <laughs> getting an opportunity, seeing what he's he can really do. Because the interesting thing is Barry Trotz really doesn't know too much about Richard Panic. Right? He even said it said as much the other day. Okay. Um, he had as an understanding that he can he's kind of has an edge to his game. He can kind of get under the skin of guys. It's happened to Islander players before in the past. But he really is putting him out there to see what he can do and, and where he's going to fit. If he's a, a top six guy, if he's a you know, a top nine guy, or if he's a fourth line guy right now, it seems like Barry trots by the edge that he knows he has in his game is pushing him or keeping him towards that, that fourth line kind of role that a Matt Martin was going to play. Cause it it is questionable right now, whether Martin is going to be ready for that, that first game. I think, I think at the end of the day, he'll be ready to play October 14th for that season opener. 
But just to know that you have that ace in the back pocket, yeah. that, that that guy that can fill that role because that is such an important role on this team, um, and play that Matt Martin style of game and kind of play mm-hmm. that physical game with an edge that can kind of get under other opposing teams' skin, it's good to have that because Leo Komarov, Komarov is also someone that's played that bottom that mm-hmm. that fourth line role as well, and I don't think as as much as Leo brings to the roster and brings to the team. I don't know if that's the great a great role for him either because it's not necessarily the style that he plays. And when you don't have someone that matches that style with Zekas and, and Clutterbuck mm-hmm. out there, it takes away from the effectiveness of that fourth line. Oh, for sure. And that's something that's been a common theme with this team. And, and we've it's been pointed out on the show in the past where when one of those guys aren't there, it's just not the same. I mean, they really are a sum of all their parts. Just the way those three guys seem to gel together, it really just makes for... I mean, it's, it's kind of like, um, like the EA Sports NHL, right? Like the, the chemistry ratings yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Like if you put anybody else there, it's not going to be green, right? right. It's going to be red, <laughs> red or yellow, whatever the case may be. But yeah, no, it's true. And, and Andrew made a good point to, to you know, bring up the, the, the fact that Barry was like, hey, I got to see what these guys can do if yeah. and when they end up in the lineup. And it's true. And it's just crazy that... The biggest battles in this training camp are for who's going to sit in the press box. Yeah. That's really what it's about. Who's going to be wearing the suit up in the press box waiting? I mean, obviously not waiting for an injury because nobody wants that, but waiting for an opportunity to step in should there be somebody who has to step out. Right. Which inevitably is going to happen. So, I mean, yeah, if you want to talk intrigue, like we, we joked about last week. I, mean, I wasn't really joking about it. it. I was being serious when I said there was intrigue. <laughs> you were the one who was trying to be a jerk about the whole thing. Well, that's that's my role here at Hockey Night New York. Is, I thought I was supposed to be the jerk. We, we, we take turns, yeah, I think. I think enough. it's fair that you we take turns. Jerk. Although, As I'm, are I'm, you. I'm looking at Donnie's comments in the chat, and he's just, he's out of control tonight. Don, I love I love that he's here. I mean he's been hanging out he's having a good time look I mean it's it's great this is the a, chat this is a family program Donald the chat is one of the best things that ever happened in the show having you guys there I love uh, I love seeing you guys getting involved I love seeing you guys asking us questions and, and laughing along with us or, or laughing at us <laughs> whatever the case may be whatever the case may be but it's but it's fantastic so yeah we're gonna see line combinations we're gonna see them mixing up with these preseason games they don't mean anything the results don't matter yeah. it's really what the coaching staff is gonna see out of these guys so that they can make their lineup decisions, whether it is keeping Char with Dobson, because who knows? He could change his mind. He might see something else with the <laughs> right. other combinations. And, you know, whether it's going to be Wally up top or whether it's going to be Palmieri or if Barry throws a total curveball at us, which we don't expect, but I wouldn't rule it out because Barry plays by his own rules. <laughs> and he might see something in somebody that, you know, we just didn't expect. I mean, that's that's the beauty of this thing. You know, maybe maybe a young guy really impresses. Maybe somebody's coming along a lot quicker than we thought. You never know. But I think we know who the, the 18 guys are going to be. We said it last week. We're going to say it again this week. We pretty much know it's more a matter of who goes where and who's going to stick around and hang out in the press box. I so, couldn't have said it better myself, Sean. Rangers, Philly, Devils. Yes. That's what's on tap. And the first home game being, the first home preseason game being the Devils game at Webster Bank Arena on And Saturday will, will Islander fans have an opportunity to cross paths with you? Will you be attending these games? I will be in, I will be in New York and will be in Manhattan for the Sunday game against the Rangers. And okay, I watch be, out from there. Stay away. And we'll be, <laughs> I will be in Bridgeport for the Saturday game against the New Jersey Devils. Maybe don't go to Connecticut. Okay. Wow. All right. <laughs> Messed up. That was What's on Tap. Brought to you by R.J. Daniels, American Bar and Grill.
That was that was what's on tap. Brought to you by RJ Daniels, American Bar and Grill, and it's nice to finally have some games on tap. Yeah, and when we get to the regular season, we'll get a little more in depth. I mean, look, all the all the all the teams that are going to be playing this week are going to be answering, you know, trying to answer the same questions. Who goes Armenia's going to be at Webster Bank Arena in October. There too. we go. Say hello. All Don't right. listen to Sean. He's I mean, a jerk. If you avoid him, I wouldn't blame you. But if he's there, I mean, I'm saying I, I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> he gets it. He understands. He gets it. I get it. I no, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad to see some of you guys are going. That's excellent. That's fantastic. So, and, and honestly, Bridgeport's such a. I mean, let me mm-hmm. let me fix how I was going to say this. Okay. Webster Bank Arena is such a nice facility, um, and it's a great place to see a hockey game. And and not pushing anyone to, to buy tickets or anything like that, but it, it, is a, it is a fun experience when you're able to go up there for a hockey game. Yeah, been there. Used to do a couple of bus trips with some friends. It was a great time. Oh, really? Get a bus, yeah. go over there, spend the, you know, spend usually like an afternoon game. Yeah. Hang out, you know, have some, have some soft drinks. <laughs> have a good time. Soft great. drinks? Yes. Oh, sodas? Yeah, sodas and, you know, all that, all that good stuff. Yeah, it's a good time. White Claws? Back now, it's been it's been long enough where like white claws weren't a thing back when we used to do those trips. Gotcha. Yeah, the the hard seltzer weren't popular back. Definitely then. not white claws in these glasses. No, it's it's actually literally not. Don't don't give the audience any ideas. <laughs> Winking at the camera. So yeah, games to talk about. We'll get a little more in depth on this stuff. You know, what's on up. what's on tap when we actually hit the regular season. <laughs> some scouting reports on the other team. But the truth is, when it's preseason like this. Again, the games yeah, don't mean I, no, no, you it's, know, like it's uh, it's what'll be the game and the things that we'll be watching are the little intricacies of certain players because that's really what the telltale signs are uh, in these preseason games. We're not looking at outcomes. We're not even really looking right. at um, full line combinations. You're looking to see what certain things the coaching staff does and who's standing out in in a game where obviously it doesn't count. Right. So exactly. So how do but you? That's f- what's on tap. That's what's on tap, ladies and gentlemen. So, how do you feel about talking about heroes? You into that? I'm I mean, starving. the guy, the guy who makes them is here, so we probably should. I mean, he's hanging does out. Does he want to send us a hero? Because I'm starving. It's too. a little late for that. I don't think it's going to make it from Huntington. We're not exactly close. Damn. So, folks, we're going to take a quick break. We want to thank all of you, as always, for tuning in here at twitch.tv slash HockeyNightNY. And, of course, at your favorite podcast providers, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, it is time for the Hero of the Week. The only thing better than a great Long Island deli is a great Long Island deli run by diehard Islander fans. Blue Line Deli and Bagels located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington will make any Islander fan feel right at home with its familiar blue and orange theme and Isles decor. Blue Line Deli and Bagels proudly serves Bagel Boss Bagels along with breakfast favorites, hockey-themed heroes, quesadillas, salads, fresh-made smoothies, and much more. So stop on in for delicious food, a clean atmosphere, and a happy staff ready to greet you with friendly service no matter what team you support. Want to place an order for pickup? Call 631-944-3222 or visit bluelinedeli.com to check out the menu and order online. Blue Line Deli and Bagels, where the great selections will have you saying, yes, yes, yes. Gentlemen, when you hear this song, that means it is time for the Hero of the Week, brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels, Half Price Hero. And this week it is the Poke Check, made with roast beef, turkey, ham, Swiss, and American lettuce and tomato, mayo, 
on a hero. Get it half price all week starting tomorrow. That is Saturday through next Sunday, where we'll announce a brand new half off hero. Stop in and mention Hockey Night in New York for half off the poke check. So, Christian, I know you put a lot of thought into this. A lot of things <laughs> happened this week during training camp, and it's time to talk I feel about like a that hero. Was sarcasm. I know you were really excited about telling us about your hero this week. I feel like this is all sarcasm. No, I am. I am a straight shooter. There is no sarcasm in my bones whatsoever. So, Christian, with that said, would you like to go first? It seems to be what we've been doing lately. Or you want to mix it up? I think you should go first. You want me to go first? Yeah. All right, a lot of pressure. Spread the wealth. All right, we'll spread it around. So, folks, my hero of the week after an exciting two days of training camp <laughs> is none other than J.G. Pajot, and I will tell you why. Because he has recovered from surgery on his hand. And he is ready to perform, not only in training camp, in the preseason, but also when the season kicks off. So kudos to you, J.G. Pajot. You are my hero of the week. You really earned it. Christian. Nice. You're up. Well, I, I mean, I think <laughs> I picked the heroes in a, for a similar fashion because there's not a lot to, to put for a hero. But What do you mean? Anders Lee, the Islanders captain, his return. No restrictions. <laughs> right yep for him back on the ice he'll be a crucial part while he will not be playing early on in the preseason game at least that's the plan from the islanders coaching staff right uh for the team it's big to have him back on the ice and and you could tell even just by the excitement on, on matthew barzal's um face on the ice and and by his his effort there in the first couple of days and, and even talking to him after the day one of training camp there's there's an extra buzz because Andersley is back on the ice, and to have the captain healthy again, that's a big thing for the Islanders. So he is my hero of the week. There you have it, folks. Your heroes of the week. All it takes this week is to come back from injury and make it to training camp. J.G. Pajot, Anders Lee, your heroes of the week, brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Half Price Hero. Remember, that is the poke check with roast beef, turkey, ham, Swiss, American, lettuce, tomato, and mayo on a hero... Get it for half off all week. <laughs> you look confused as you were reading. No, it. just being dramatic. Oh. Just being very dramatic. Yes, at the Blue Line, Deli, and Bagels. So, Christian, would you like to take it to the audience questions? Anything else you want to touch on before we do that? Or we'll just go right in. Did you have enough time? I did. During the break to look for some questions? Because that's, that's one of the few jobs we assign you with. Wasn't a lot of On questions. the show. I saw a couple streaming through. There was we more. The they were more or less sar sarcasm. Really? <laughs> question mark. I don't get it. Why so much sarcasm here? It's so strange. Yeah. All uh, right. Well, Donnie did ask: Did Christian shave his beard because the season is starting and not even the media crew can have facial hair? It's funny he should ask that because I made a similar comment when you showed up to the studio. It's like you guys are friends or something. We know each other a little bit, but but yeah, it is kind of kind of interesting the timing here. What's what's going on, man? Uh, no, I just wanted to look presentable in a public function. Oh, so you're saying that previous to this, you were well, having a hard I mean, time with that. I, I <laughs> well, yes, I think okay. you can tell by the homeless look that I was rocking for the first, last couple shows. Uh -huh. I wasn't going to say anything. But. With the scruff and the, the extra facial hair. But um, no, I w no, no, no. You, <laughs> you, you make it look good. Oh, thanks, man. Wow, that's really nice of you. You make it look good. How about that? What else you got, man? Um, Let's see here. Uh, someone also asked if Andrew had to shave his beard. I, he did not shave. I can tell you that. The picture that we I'm had. Pretty sure Andrew was born with a beard. <laughs> I mean, I can't confirm that, but I think that's true. That's, it, uh, who that's does true. that? I, I don't know it for a fact. Oh, that's Bill Maher. I don't know for for a fact, but I just know it's true. 
Yeah, good segment there. Yeah, no, I don't. Uh, there aren't a lot of questions. Not even joking. Hold on a second. I saw some. You, Where? You, I mean, you're just. It's one job, Christian. <laughs> it's literally one job. You, and you know, all you have to do is look for the lines with a question mark. Yeah, it I, makes it much easier. You, sometimes they don't, though. Yeah, uh, guys in the chat, do us a favor <laughs> when you ask a question. But add the add the, add the punctuation at the end. It makes it a little, little easier. All right, Melarmino twenty two did ask. <laughs> Is Bodie Wilde the new Josh Hosang? I did want to bring up Mr. Wilde. Oh, okay. Well, well, look. I mean, look. It's it's part of the team. You got to talk about it. So here we go. Well, you look comfortable. <laughs> so, is he the new Josh Hosang? No, no. no. Uh, look, obviously, this whole pandemic thing and the vaccine. It's obviously a very divisive subject, and we're certainly not going to get into politics here on Hockey Night New York. But look, it comes down to this: the New York Islanders have the right. To make rules in their organization. They decided to make one where everybody had to be vaccinated if you want to participate in the team. That's fair. And all the same, Bodie Wild has a right to choose whether he wants to get that vaccination or not. He chose not to. Can't show up. That's it. He's got to go somewhere else. Does that make him the, the new Josh Hosang of the organization? No. He exercised his right to not take the vaccine. Whether, whether you're pro, whether you're against, whether you don't care, whatever the case may be, the Islanders made a choice. You got to respect that. Bodie Wild made a choice. You got to respect that too. And that's it. Whether you agree with it or not, that's how it is. And it seems amicable, amicable between the two, even though if you, if you read Wild's comment on, on Instagram, Instagram, it didn't exactly sound like he was pleased, which who would be? Because you want to play. You want to have your best opportunity to further your career and whatnot. But but look, this is this is the rule. It's just like lose rule of shaving. I mean... There's a, I've seen a lot of fans complain about that. You know, oh, it's archaic. Why are they making them shave and all that? Look, yeah, I, I, that's a valid question, whether it does something for the team or not. But Lou is old school, and he wants to – this is what he considers a professional environment, clean shaven, short hair. George Steinbrenner used to do that with the Yankees. Whether you agree with it or not, he runs the team. He makes the rules. And if you want to play, you got to follow the rules. Bodie said no thanks. All right. You're off to Europe, <laughs> wherever you're going. And look, hopefully this stuff, you know, subsides over time. Hopefully the numbers get better, whatever the case may be, and we get to a place where you don't have to, not force, but <laughs> strongly encourage a vaccination on your players and on your staff. And hopefully we'll see Bodie Wild back with the Islanders sooner than later. They've already come out and said they're not giving up on the kid. They, they want to just get him in the best place where he can play. And that's that. And, and hopefully his, his career doesn't suffer from it. And that's it. These are the decisions that were made. You have anything you want to just keep going? <laughs> I was looking to qu looking for questions. I was trying to. Okay, good. But Did again, there aren't. With news of St. Louis, is Lou hiring back Garth Snow with the sole responsibility of making trades with Chiarelli? That was a question. Give me that one more time. With the news out of St. Louis. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is Lou hiring back Garth Snow for the sole reason of making trades with Peter Oh, Chiarelli. <laughs> Uh, it wouldn't be a terrible idea. I mean, the man has done the Islanders a lot of favors in, in recent history, whether he meant to or not. That's pretty funny. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think Garth Snow is going to come near this organization anytime soon. And I mean, we've I mean, ever since we got the news that he was essentially relieved of his duties, I you haven't heard a word about the guy. Who knows what he's doing? I mean, same with Doug Waite. I mean. Mm. I mean, what are those guys doing? You haven't heard anything ever since Lou got in charge. I mean, in fairness, Garth did sit at the draft table with him for that first draft when he took over. Well, he was still, um, 
I think he was still some sort of special advisor. Or yeah, it was. Look, it, he was he was helping to ease the transition. He was still using Garth's uh, scouts. Is that still tr- is that still the case? Did he was there a lot of turnover with the scouts over the last three years? Ever since Lou took over, is he still kind of using the same guys? Uh, that's a great question. I'm actually not 100% sure. Maybe, as a man who covers the team, you can inquire. Maybe you can look into that. That's something to think about. I'm just doing your job no, for no, you. No. All right, John. I was going to say that's a great question. <laughs> I appreciate that, but you know what? Go to hell. I'm going to point out. I'm going to point out that I'm pretty sure, as Donnie did, yeah. uh, Shawnee, you said Steinberry instead of Steinberg or Steinbrenner. I didn't say Steinbrenner. I said Steinbrenner. We, well, he look, says he says you said Steinberry. It's it's possible. I hope I did honestly because that would be funny. But we'll find out in the tape. It's all getting recorded, so we'll find out. We'll see who's right. If 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 I'm wrong. Donnie, I owe you a, I, I owe you a blue wine deli and bagel hero <laughs> that I will that? not pay for or pay for half off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'll Steinberg. be a poke check. I hear George that Steinberg. Sale. Well, that's actually what they called him, you know, behind the scenes. It was, oh, yeah, it was yeah, Georgie yeah. Steinberry because sure. he would sure. go for that. Yeah. You got nothing else? Anybody else? Melomania did ask, do you think Islanders will have a special jersey for their sure. 50th? What? Do you think? I'm, I'm sorry. I was reading the chat. <laughs> go ahead. 50th. Do you think... The Islanders will have a special jersey for their 50th anniversary. Well, they will most certainly have a special patch mm-hmm. because they all do that. A special jersey? Yeah. Maybe a lot of teams have been doing that lately, right? You hit like a milestone, 40 years, 50 years, you get a special jersey in there. I feel like we would have heard of something about it by now at this point. You think? I don't think they'll do some sort of special jersey. Is this year the 50th? Or is it next year? Thought it was next year. That's what I thought. Yeah. There's still time then. They they have. They but I could still see now. it being. I could still. If see it was it this year, I would say it's well past yeah. time. Like that's something we would have, we would have known about. If anybody it would have been aesthetics, you know aesthetics, right? You don't know about aesthetics. Co. I think they do a fantastic job. It's basically oh, yeah, it's oh, like a Jersey Watch the Jersey website. Watch they are website. awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they started doing YouTube videos, guys. If you're into like, just jerseys in general, logos, uh, jersey history. They do a fantastic job over at Aesthetics. Yeah, and but that's but they don't pay us to say that. They just do a really good job. I mean, uh, they can pay us if <laughs> we'll sell <laughs> I'm out. Saying no, sure. Um, oh, you would. Oh, hundred percent. You would tattoo their their website on your forehead if, right if here, they were paying right here. <laughs> so go don't on. forget White Claw. Sean loves watermelon White Claws. He loves them. That's not a paid endorsement, but if they want to pay us, I do enjoy. We will take the They're money. Tasty. Saying. In in moderation, we got millions and millions of listeners. Right, send, so send us free stuff. So go on. You're <laughs> going to say something related to the Islanders. So go no, ahead. Let's I reel it back think, in here. I think that obviously we're still a little bit of ways away from the, from the 50th anniversary season. Yeah, they got time. But I don't foresee a special jersey. Like I think you will see a special patch. And if we're back to things being normal by that point, or, or whatever normal will be in 2022. Mm-hmm. We'll see a lot of ceremonies. I think John Le- John Ledecky and yeah. Scott Malkin have done a tremendous job in really embracing the history of the New York Islanders no and, and and the franchise and and everybody that's worn the Islanders jersey from obviously the greats, the Clark Gillies, the Mike Bossies, the um, you know Brian Trottiers, the Butch Gorings, all the way down to guys that played three games yeah. as Islanders. They've all been welcomed back, and oh, I think yeah. that will be. Something that's on the forefront for them when we get to that point. Right now, yeah. I think everyone's just hoping uh, that they can get back to the playoffs and and continue the success that they've had the last couple of years. So, I don't. Again, I don't foresee a jersey. I foresee a patch and a lot of celebrations throughout that 50th season. I wouldn't rule out a jersey, but because Lou is the man in charge, I would not be surprised if they didn't. Because he just like 
you even look at the reverse retro. He did that because he had to. Right, right. <laughs> like, but the reverse retro turned out to be pretty nice. It's, and it's, something that I think a lot of people ended up liking, despite the fact that everyone kind of crapped on it for the first... The re- look, the reason why everybody crapped on it, at least from my vantage point, is because... Oh, oh no, I was one of the people that crapped on it. So a, lot of te- a lot of teams did something different. They right. took an old pattern. They took some old colors, and they went wild with it. Look at the ducks. They went buck wild with theirs, right? Bringing yeah. back that... that Duck bursting out of the ice. I thought we'd never see that again, yeah. right? I, I only wish the Kings brought back the uh, the Burger, Burger King, King logo. Yeah, that would have been awesome. That never too great. late. LA. I, I mean, the one <laughs> thing, the one thing, the Islanders obviously missed. They played it, it safe. They played it safe, which is fine. But it ended up looking really it's a nice, nice jersey. and being and being pretty cool. Yeah, the one thing the Islanders have to do, have to do. I don't care what anyone says, but they have to do. They have to bring back the fishermen in some shape or form. I don't. You can. And he and Hall, all you want, they have to embrace it, and they have to, <laughs> they have to bring it back, because as controversial and as as hated as it was back in the late nineties, I think that it's found a new rebirth among younger Islander oh, fans. We, we've and one, covered this, yes, one that 100%. needs to be hundred percent embraced, regardless of the heeing and the hawing of the the older school Islander fans. And I understand that there's there's a, a dislike towards it, and I'm not disrespecting their feelings towards it. But I'm saying at a certain point, it, it, it can be brought back and reestablished into Islanders history with a much more fondness to it, realizing that it's it's part of the Islanders history now. And that, like everything else that's happened with the team, kind of embracing it and kind of being like, this happened. Let's kind of have fun with it at this point. I'm with you. I, I am not a fisherman hater. I've said, this, said it on this show See, many I'm, times. I'm getting yelled so, at already in the chat. Good. That's good. That's good conversation. Look, we've discussed this. I've discussed this with Tony. I've discussed this with you on Who? the show. Uh, Tony Stabile, remember he used to host the show? Yeah. Good guy. He's a good guy. Great guy. What's up, Tony? Great guy. So, miss you, pal. A lot. So <laughs> I'm just kidding, buddy. I'm glad you're here. So, yes, we've talked about it a lot on the show, and I'm with you, and I know that doesn't make everybody happy. A very specific portion of the fan base, certain age, certain era, all that, and I get it. And, and their, their arguments against it are valid. Absolutely. I, I understand Listen, if, where they come from. If for sure. Islander fans could embrace in some way John Spano after the, the, the Kevin Connolly uh, documentary, the 30 for 30, then I think there's a way we can find for the organization to kind of re-embrace the, the fisherman. Jersey. Well, look, Garth flirted with it a little bit when they used it as a warm-up jersey one night, at least one night, maybe yeah. a second night, but at least one. Then Lou came in, and I figured this organization would not touch that logo, that uniform, with a 10-foot pole. I think Lou is very, without knowing the dude, I think Lou would be very much on the side of the people who want nothing to do with that jersey, its look, the era that it represents. But, We have but, started quite the conversation. Good. This is what I like to see. But, I, I was very surprised to see that since he has taken over, they have not been shy about selling the merchandise. They well, sell yeah, the hats, the shirts, they advertise them everywhere. So that at the very least, they understand that it's a moneymaker. At the chagrin of all you older Islander fans out there, the youth love it. They buy it up. Look at, look at, uh, geez, Devin over at Yes Men Outfitters, fully embraced over there. Well, they, they base a lot of their designs over there. Offside Tavern, use the Fisherman logo. It's very much embraced by the younger portion of the fan base. And so you can either learn to live with them in harmony because they support the same team that you do, or 
you can continue to go back and forth <laughs> and, and rally against it. Again, I understand why you don't like it. I do. I do. But there's we, we can we can kumbaya this out. We can figure this out. You we know what the problem on the campfire. is? The fishermen and some of those jerseys in the in the 90s were ahead of their time in, in popularity. I think if... <laughs> a lot of people just threw up in their mouth a little here and you say that, but no, yes, No, 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 but ahead. listen, hear me out on yeah, this. Yeah. Hear me out. You yeah. look back at those those logos that people derided back then um, and hate, ho- you know, purest traditional hockey fans didn't like. The the Mighty Duck of Anaheim, the old Mighty Duck of Anaheim, right? Mm-hmm. The, their original logo, right? They People didn't like it per se because of the association with Disney and right. kind of... Um, right. Theme parkish feel to it. Oh, I mean, the, the, yeah. I mean, people love the original Florida Panthers logo. I can't put that, in, but even the the Phoenix Coyotes logo, the original. One. I'm so glad they brought that back full time. You're seeing this love kind of it. rebirth of these these logos that maybe didn't necessarily have the biggest popular popularity at the time, but have found a rebirth and sort of that charm with the younger fan base because of of almost. I I, I grant granted, I feel like I'm about to kind of negate my entire comment here, but. <laughs> The nostalgia to it, but also, it, you know, those logos have become a bit of a fashion sense. A fashion, you know, the, you know, they're popular because they can get all sociology on everybody. Yeah. But like when I was growing up, I guess when I was like the age of a lot of people that have embraced the fisherman colors and logo now, yeah. like 80s nostalgia was huge for people well, of now my 80s generation. nostalgia is huge again. I mean, it was a great decade. Oh no! I mean, you look back <laughs> but, now. Everything it seems. But like when I oh, was great. when I was their age, I'm finally at the point in my life where I can actually say that when I was their age, the '80s were, <laughs> were we called back to the '80s when I was growing up. So now you're just seeing what a decade later people are calling back to the '90s. So this yeah. is cyclical. This yeah. is what happens, you know. And I, I mean, it's just it's not going to go away, especially if there's money in it. The look they made they made special edition sneakers, which I may or may not own, with the fisherman logo on it. Did they really? Yes, I don't remember. remember they this. did. It. Yes, I don't remember. That. They sold them out of the pro shop. They did a short run. It was like five hundred pairs or a thousand pairs, whatever it was. But and people bought them all up. Now, granted, they were probably like twenty nine and younger, whatever the case may be. But they all got bought up. I was in the store when they happened to be selling them. I went there for a completely different reason, <laughs> and I might have went home with a pair. But <clears throat> they were selling them, <clears throat> and they were gone. <clears throat> Yeah, because Sean Ball. Because they are a moneymaker. They are a moneymaker. And that is the one reason why we might see them throw, the, whether it's for the 50-year anniversary or not. Yeah. I mean, if we're just kind talking dollars and cents here. It's conversation, by the way. It's, it's still a big conversation this, in, in, in this fan base. Yeah. And, I mean, look, you said it. You see the things flaring up in the chat. We should have started here earlier. But, I mean, it's, it's – look, look, there is nothing worse that this team has worn than those horrid – Black jerseys with the Islanders lettering going across the chest. Those were the oh. absolute worst jerseys they've ever worn. And I wonder if if the Fisherman era teams had have been successful, if they had a won games, would would those fans that hate it now still hate it as much? Or is it, you know, it represents a bad time, it represents yeah. a bad era. John Spano, they lost, they were terrible, all that nonsense. I mean, and it, yeah, I get it. I was there for that. I have to, I, 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 again, I don't mean any disrespect. I, I just, the, for whatever reason, I, I watched the Big Shot documentary uh, last weekend. I think I had some oh. free time. Okay, uh, <laughs> clearly. And so I threw it on, <laughs> on, like, on like Saturday morning when I was up and like eating breakfast and, and you know, whatever. And obviously Kevin Connolly does a phenomenal job of, of kind of highlighting all the craziness that was going on in addition to John Spano's thievery 
of, of people's <laughs> yes, time, of people's yes. money, uh, of just being a scumbag. That's what John Spano was and continues to be this day. He's a scumbag for a lot of reasons. Um, Tricked a lot of people. I, I mean, beyond the Islanders, the guy... Bamboozled. Bamboozled people Hoodwinked. out of money af- after after he was arrested. Uh, right. it, it's yeah, it's yeah. a whole thing. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, one of the scenes that have always stuck out in my mind, and I've always laughed to this day, is... Um, they are they're talking about the the stick save save the islanders coalition oh and, yeah and when they're protesting that. and marching uh i think that was it was Hempstead turnpike right in front of the coliseum about the logo change yeah and, yeah yeah and they they found this great shot this great footage of i guess an interview with one of the, must have been one of the local tv stations or something okay and it's an Islander fan upset about the the logo change and he, and they're talking about how it's disrespecting the history of the team and in in the most Long Island accent ever, ever, the guy goes, "What do they think we are here?" And I, I, well done. I could not stop laughing from the day yeah. I saw that to the day to this day, yeah. because the idea of the fisherman was, was to embrace what Long Island, what part of Long Island was, and, and Long Island did have a, a large fishing <laughs> and, and maritime history to it. There's no question about it, and and they wanted to kind of embrace that that East End part of Long Island, yeah, and that's part of Long Island, yeah. And, and a lot of you listening that don't like the Jersey, you fish out there. A lot of you have boats. You're out. You're out there doing fisherman stuff. Uh, it, it, but for whatever reason, that, that just stuck out of me. It stuck out to me because yeah. it was so comical in its delivery. I mean, it's the most Long Island thing ever, and obviously, people get Long Island gets made fun of all the time, all the time in different popular culture um, references. You know, there's a clip going on. You don't have TikTok because you're old, but anyone who's on TikTok or has seen TikTok, there's um, and or social media in general has seen that there's this clip from I forget if it's a Netflix movie or something like that, and and. They are just it's it's Steve Martin and um, I forget who the other famous comedic, comedic actor is. Um, Martin and Short, the, Martin Short. I think it was actually Martin. How Short. about that? And they're in a car and they're just making fun of Long Island. I think they're on Long Island or something. It, okay. If you if you've been on social media in the last couple of weeks, you've seen it. Um, but Long Island has this this kind of stereotype, obviously, and. No, that guy. I don't know how they found that that footage, but that guy was every Long Island stereotype in one. And I've just always remember that from the Big Shot documentary. And okay. again, I apologize to the people that hate the logo, hate hate that time, that era in Islanders history. I get it. It was a very bad time to be an it Islander was. fan. The team was atrocious. They were. There was chaos all around. There was. Um. So I, I understand the hard feelings. Yes. But, but at the same time, <laughs> at the same time. As things often do, things have come kind of full circle. The same thing with Zidane Ochara coming Wouldn't back to the Wouldn't it be Islanders. funny if he ends up wearing one before before his uh, his new era with the team is out? Like if he sticks around next yeah. year and they do do some kind of like one game off shot or even like a warm up off uh, off shot off shot and off just shot. we see Chara in a, in a fisherman jersey again. I mean, talk about like truly coming full circle. Listen, I mean, I appreciate everyone who stuck around for this conversation because we really we somehow. Segwayed from our from going through listener questions through to really going. It was the fiftieth anniversary on the question. That's how we got here. But that's how we got here. I always it is a fascinating and is a fascinating perspective um, when you see the very conflicting viewpoints of people that love the fishermen and think that. It, it's you know hold great and the Islanders should embrace it and the people that absolutely despise and hate it. Well, here's one thing everybody I think can agree on. And I'm they, sure I'm ending up on that, they, that list pretty they quickly. They wear 
a pair of gorgeous uniforms now. I think Islander Country can unite on that front. The, the jerseys, the uniforms, the logos are fantastic. So the good thing is, is this argument that everybody's having right now is in the past. It's gone. I could be coming back for the future. I say Look. change the whole logo. <laughs> change the uniforms, change the logo. And just you put would. a giant you would. bagel with bacon, bacon, egg, and cheese in the middle as their logo. Well, somebody's ears just perked up, I'm sure, in the chat, but... But look, it's 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 look, the blue it's a, line deli patch right in the corner. Why not? It's a fun discussion. Even I mean, I see the hate. I see. Uh, my buddy, I get it. Sal, Sal I, I feel bad seething. for Sal because because I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm genuinely not trying to be a jerk about this. I get. Would it really bother you if they like just wore a warm up jersey once next year to honor it in the fifty you know fifty year anniversary? Look, none, neither one of us are saying bring it back and wear it on any sort of regular basis. Well, he is because he loves chaos. I do too, but. I mean, we're just look. They probably will. They'll probably recognize it. They'll probably recognize the other jerseys too. I saw some. I think Matt uh, Matt mentioned the the orange jerseys. I, I liked them. I thought oh, the they could have done jerseys. Yeah, I guess the pumpkin jerseys. Yeah. A lot of people call them. I just it was a missed opportunity. I've said this. I think with Tony in the past. Like I I would love to see a great orange <laughs> uniform with this team, but they they didn't exactly nail it with that last one. And, and I don't know if they'll ever give it a shot again. But I would love a great orange jersey. Maybe one day we'll see. A little third or fourth or fifth jersey. Who knows? And I think that does it for our listener questions because <laughs> we have really taken ourselves <laughs> off the rails. And um, and I don't think there are any more questions. Everybody's talking know. about yeah. it. Everybody's talking about it. It's all good. It's all good. And, and the beauty of it is if you get to this point in the show when you're listening back, you can just click the off button. <laughs> you, know, you can click stop. No, no. You should listen to the No, you should. You should. It's great stuff. Don't, don't encourage. It's great stuff. Yeah, encourage look, stuff. We give people options here. It's fine. No, I don't want people. We're, we're very comfortable listen, here. Listen to the whole thing. All right, so now that we've wrapped that up, and 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 I I can't wait to look back at the and chat. And we've offended everyone, every Islanders fan. I I have faith that our viewers and listeners are reasonable people, and and this was just a good discussion about the history of the New York Islanders. Sure. <laughs> sure. Or not? It's Islander country. So before we wrap it up, Christian, ladies and gentlemen, is there anything else we briefly want to talk about before we go? Are we good? I'm very excited to see preseason action. I know yes. people don't love preseason. I think this is the first I'm time for it. in my career I think I've ever been excited for the preseason um, because, again, it's that sense of normalcy. Being back in the rink is, is always a great treat. And yeah. um, I am, as much as there are, isn't a lot of intrigue, the things that are intriguing about the Islanders roster and some of the roster decisions, I am very intrigued about. I'm intrigued to see what Leo Komarov's role will be with this team this season. I'm intrigued to see can Michael Dalcole find find a spot on the roster after everything he's been through, the ups and the downs in his career, the opportunities he's been given, the opportunities yeah. he's kind of lost and been taken away. Where does where does he end up this year? Sure. Um, I, I'm intrigued to see how the Noah Dobson Zdeno Char pair works out, and I'm curious to see how. Andy Green paired with insert player here. And if Noah Dobson is ready to fill Nick Letty's shoes. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of intriguing things that will be fleshed out over the course of training camp. And no, I'm not getting paid by the, by the, by the word intrigue. <laughs> Sounds like to, it. To say it so many times. But I think there are a lot of interesting things to watch over the next couple of preseason games that should draw Islander fans. And not only them. that, but folks, how about the hockey media Finally, at least a little more universally, giving the Islanders the credit that they're actually due with these I mean, last few seasons. You don't care. No, no, I don't care. It's not that I don't care, but my... But Islander fans do. No, but 
what I was going to say is I, um, my uh, my laughter and kind of you know smirk there was this again this notion or this belief that islander uh, islanders and have been you know not given the credit they've deserved and and right. you know, hated yeah, across the league so yeah, yeah, yeah. um that's where that's coming from but yes they are getting universally um praised going into the season but yeah, that comes so with the expectation now yes i i agree with but Andrew. that's the thing the shoe's on the other foot now they're not yeah. the underdogs they're not the upstart team can they do it now now they're they have expectations how are they going to handle it i was going to say i'm i agree with andrew i think this year it's at this point i don't even think it's stanley cup final or bust it's Stanley Cup or bust because Hell at this yeah. point, Hell yeah. the window is closing. It's not wide open. And the Islanders, they've gotten to the point twice now. They have to overcome the hump and, and get to the Cup Final for the first time since 84 and win a Stanley Cup for the first time since 83. That's what I got my eyes on, folks. And this is the most real I've ever felt about it. Like They, they could have done it last year. They could have done it the year before. But this is, I mean, look, stay healthy, Right. And they got a shot. We talked about Tampa. They lost yeah. that whole line. Look, they're still going to be dangerous. They still got a bunch of superstars over there, a, a, a wealth of superstars. Yeah. But they lost a lot of that sauce that they had, the grease. They lost a lot of that. And that might be the balancing factor here. And you have, again, I've said it before, you have a roster where there's really no weak links, especially in the forward group. Now you can maybe complain a little bit about the defensive group with the age, maybe the foot speed. Mm-hmm. But top to bottom, this team is deep. They have the best goaltending tandem in the league. I don't, I, without even thinking about it, I don't think there's an argument to be made for anybody else. Matthew is my best child in the chat. <laughs> I love right. that name. <laughs> we lost Ebbs and Letty and add Parisi and Chara and expectation is cup. I don't know. I mean, I hope so, but sheesh. Look, I, I, we talked about the trade-off between Parise and Eberly previously. We had Arthur talk about mm. that. And I think Arthur made a good case for why Parise might actually work out. Uh, sorry, not Parise. Excuse me. Palmieri. Palmieri. Palmieri might work out better than Eberly because of the fact that you can kind of use him throughout the lineup, whereas Eberly might have been pigeonholed to a very specific role. Maybe he has a, a very certain set of skills, like Liam Neeson. <laughs> whereas Kyle Palmieri... <laughs> You can go first line, second line, third line, and he can play more of a, a playoff style of hockey. And and Everly had his points in the playoffs, but we saw this past playoffs where Palmieri really came into his own once they hit that grinded-out playoff style of hockey. And yes, look, I'm not saying Chara is an improvement over Letty. I said it last week after the news broke. Right. I wish they could have done better than yeah. Chara. As much as I like him here, as much as the positives as, as we've highlighted on this show— all in all, yeah, I think they could have done better. They still can, maybe by the deadline. We'll see. This is this may still be a, a long-term work in progress as far as this season goes. But I still do think without question that the Stanley Cup is is the goal here. I mean, it always is. That's what everybody says. Whether you're gonna whether you're expected to finish 32nd in the league or first, everybody says the Stanley Cup is the expectation. But this is a team that can actually put that stamp on their hopes for this year and actually have a chance at following through on it. This is, I think this is the best chance that this team has at winning a Stanley Cup, short of scoring two more goals in Game 7 <laughs> in, the, in the semifinal last year. But I, I, I think there's a lot to be excited about for Islander fans, the depth that we've talked about, the fact that they have so many guys that can fill in in that 13-14 spot. I mean, even if they have some injuries, it's not going to be you know scorched earth. It's not going to be uh, the sky is falling and whatnot. Right. Like, this team has a shot, and, and it's okay to feel that way. I know it's weird as an Islander fan. It took a long time to get here. A real, I almost cursed. A really effing long time to get here. And I think this fan base, compared to a lot out there, effing deserve it. 
It's been through a lot. We talked about the fishing era. We talked about Spano. This is a this is a place where Islanders fans have been waiting to be for a very long time with with stability throughout the franchise from top to bottom. Enjoy it and feel good about the fact that this team has a real good chance to win a Stanley Cup this year. And just go back to the expectations. I, I understand where, and I want to get its his name. Matthew is my best child. <laughs> okay, which I'm I'm curious to know if if he is Matthew and he's saying that because he wants to be the favorite child of his family, uh-huh. or he's making a pretty declarative statement that he has a favorite child. Which yeah, I hope his I mean, children aren't watching. Bold. Or I hope Matthew's an only child. I hope so too. If that's yeah. the case, um, my son made the name. <laughs> there you incredible. go. His son Matthew. Oh, well, he's a Matthew clever child. Is the best. I have high hopes for Matthew. <laughs> yes, Matthew is my best child. That is an incredible. <laughs> I, that makes a lot of sense. But to go to his point, I understand where he's where they're coming from um, about the idea of bringing Chara forty four Parisi. Yeah. you know, kind of on the downslope of his career, and why you would look at look at the the deficits from the team during the offseason and go. All right, are, are you sure you're being rational and fair here to say that the expectation is still the Stanley Cup? Well, A, after going to back-to-back Cup final, uh, Stanley Cup semifinals, I should say, um, the expectation has to be a Stanley Cup at yeah, this point. And, you and can't take the expectations away because the team has proven that they can do this. And you add what Char can do. Again, I understand you're, he's yeah. coming in at 44, again, towards the end of his career as well. But the upsides that he has still... Again, it doesn't fully fill the role that Nick Letty had with the Islanders, but right. also you look at what Chara can do, his ability on the penalty kill, his ability, his shot on the power play that will likely get utilized at some Stick point. Stick him in front of the goalie on the power play. Um, <laughs> his mentorship of some of the younger players that the Islanders have on the roster still that, that are growing and developing. And he's still a guy that can eat a lot of minutes and play in, in a bunch of different scenarios. Yeah. And he, he he fills the offensive role a little bit that Nick Letty had. Obviously, his skating isn't as as crisp. And, yeah, he's um, you know, it's it's not. He's be not doing Nick zone Letty. entries over right. the blue line like Letty did. That's that's got to come from somewhere else. And the Islanders are going to have to adapt, and that's yeah. going to be the, one of the challenges. But to take that away and take the expectation away that the Islanders shouldn't be expected to win a cup this year, I, I don't think would be the right thing either because you have to hold this team to hold their feet to the fire and yeah. where they should be at this point. You can't go like I said. You can't go to back to back cup basically conference finals and not the expectation shouldn't be it can't not be at that point you have to win a cup you can't just be all right well they took a step it has to be yeah be improving and we're not sitting here necessarily saying they are the favorite to win the stanley cup we're just saying that this team has reached the point where the expectation now has to be a stanley cup win raising that thing over their heads there's there's gonna be it's gonna be a tough road to get there. It always is, no matter what season it is, no matter who you're playing against. There's some great teams out west. There's still some great teams out in mm-hmm. the east. I think the Islanders have certainly earned more clout in the east. I think they are one of the teams to beat. I already said in a previous show. I I I think they'll win the Metro. I do. I think I think they're the team to beat in the Metro. I think they are the best team in the Metro, whether they actually win the division or not. I don't think anybody's stronger than them. Yeah. But yeah, the expectations are there, and they've earned it. Barry Trotz, New York Islanders. I mean, they are a team. They are the epitome of team, and they're deep. Matthew is my best child, by the way. Has four kids. Oh, good. That's great. That's great. Well, I hope um, his other three children don't feel bad about the name. I hope they don't see it. I hope they're, <laughs> <laughs> I hope they're okay. Well, I hope they're yeah. reinforced by the idea because that if, if Matthew, Matthew was the one that if made Matthew that name, was really allegedly. clever, he'd be like, "I didn't make that. Dad made that. <laughs> like Dad said that." Oh, I'm 100 percent sure Matthew's already doing that. 
He's 100% doing that already. Um, just, to, just to answer one more of Matthew's points here as, as we go through the, the, the chat, as we continue through the show now, that we're almost reaching two hours at this point since yeah, we started. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which I guess is, I guess, becoming sort of a normal thing at this point. I don't know if we're back going to, back. to, but yeah, we're, we're going we're to cut it off around 145. We're almost there. So um, we did over two hours last week. Yes, we did. Uh, Andy Green uh, he was already there as, as the mentor role he mentions, which I understand. Again, I get it. Um, but you can't replace what Zidane O'Char has done as far as mentoring and, and his ability, as, as Barry Trotz and others have pointed correctly out at this point, what he's done for Charlie McIlroy's sure. career, Tory Krug's career, sure. uh, et cetera. Um, but also to the point I didn't really want to address was the <laughs> idea of Samuel Bulldock or Sebastian Ajo um, getting a chance, and now the feeling that Zidane Char being here has kind of pushed them back. Uh, we've talked about it. I just want to readdress it, though. It, the organization's feeling around Sebastian Ajo is interesting. Mm-hmm. Barry Trotz did say a lot of nice things about Ajo today. Mm-hmm. But it kind of flies in the face of how his, his his opportunities have come, even when he's played in the lineup, right? Yeah. Like, they've had chances to keep him up here when he's gotten stints, and then he's gone back to Bridgeport pretty quickly. And he's had a good AHL career with, with the Bridgeport Islanders, then the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. Right. Um, and Samuel Bullduck, again, a, he's right now he's a little banged up, so we're not really sure when he's going to get onto the ice and, and work with the team. But two... As young as he is, he wasn't getting thrust right into the lineup out of the gate mm-hmm. in camp. So mm-hmm. I, to, to put that idea of, well, Bulldog was is getting pushed out, I don't think that's the, the case. I think the Islanders have been pretty cognizant with bringing up their young players more steadily and with more of a um, cautious mindset to it. And if it wasn't Zdeno Char, it would have been another veteran presence that was going to take that spot to give Bulldog another year of development or another half a season of development before they fully would put some level of trust in him getting that, that opportunity there, whether that's third pairing or second pairing defenseman. So I, I, I think people kind of have to keep that in mind too when they look at the situation and they look at a Zdeno Char-like player coming in. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't Char, it would have been another veteran player. Yeah, it wasn't going to be a Samuel Bulldog. No, no, it wasn't no, no, be, no. I, I, maybe we Sebastian said it Aho very definitively had, on the show that neither one of those guys Sebastian Aho maybe would have had, had an opportunity, but um, I don't think it would have been much of an opportunity considering how many chances he's had already with the organization. He still hasn't found a way to stick uh, just yet. I agree. I agree. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I think we're gonna wrap it up. So, folks, hanging with us live, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, especially on your Friday night for an hour and 45 minutes. Thank you so much. And, of course, a huge thanks to Andrew Gross of Newsday and the Island Ice Podcast for joining us. Always a great spot from him. Huge thanks to RJ Daniels American Bar and Grill located at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center. The best place to catch the aisles when you can't make it to the game. And remember, you don't just have to go for the aisles. They have live music, comedy nights, trivia nights, a late night bar scene. They have it all. Sunday football. Sunday football as well. And remember, Saturday, October 30th, the Islanders will be playing the Predators in Nashville. We will be at RJ Daniels. Saturday. You said Saturday, right? Saturday. Saturday, October 30th, it's a Saturday. Yes, viewing party, giveaways, <laughs> raffles, prizes, costumes. We'll have more details in the coming episodes. And, of course, a huge thanks to Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, official partner of the New York Islanders and the greatest 
Deli around. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com for their great selections and hockey-themed heroes. And, of course, a huge thanks to Thai Technology, a voice-over IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. Check them out at thaitechnology.com for all your telecom needs. Or give them a call at 516-856-7800 and get three free months of service. Big thanks to you, Christian, for being here. You know, yeah, you know, you're a big part of the show. Thanks. So, yeah, yeah, it's great, uh, folks. Remember, <laughs> you can follow Christian Try to on, sound sarcastic on Twitter at c underscore arnold zero one. You can follow myself at Sony Hockey. You can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hockey Night NY. And folks, if you are so inclined, if you love the show, you can really help us out by going to your favorite pod provider giving us a rating, giving us a review. Yep. Spread some love. Please tell your friends. Do it. Thank you so much for supporting the show. For Christian Arnold, my name is Sean Cuthbert. We've been Hockey Night New York. Have yourselves a great rest of your weekend. Bye. That was perfectly timed. It's like Right as the music plans. ended. How about that? That's what I do, baby. I don't know so if you what? had much to do with it. But. All right, well, good night, everyone. Have a, have a great night.